I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 137. Want to learn from the top 5% of mortgage brokers in the country? Then you have come to the right place. Join Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Ron Butler of Butler Mortgage. Ron is one of the most well-known brokers online. He is not afraid of controversy, and he definitely will say what he believes. I had Ron on the show way back on episode 64, so I reached out to him and said, Hey, Ron, let's do an update. I'd like to know what's working in your business, what things are doing different. And in true Ron Butler fashion, he replied and said, Who cares? We need to talk about the most important thing that's happened to our industry, the biggest threat to our industry, and that's what I want to talk about. So I'm like, all right, Ron, let's do it. So I got him on a call, and I'm going to tell you it's more of a monologue than a conversation, but by the time we were done, I was like, oh my gosh, if Ron is right, we do have we have a problem. We need to work together to solve this. So I reached out to a couple CEOs that I knew that were worked for Monolines, and I said, hey, is this really as big of a deal as you know I'm, I'm hearing it is? And, and they echoed his sentiment, obviously not with as much colorful language, but they said, yeah, I think that this is a big concern, and especially... And what Ron's point was, one of the points that he made, which I've also 100% agree with, is he said, in the gas industry, you know, you notice that when gas prices change, the prices go up everywhere. There doesn't appear to be competition and consumers always seem to get screwed no matter what happens. If we eliminate the non-bank lenders, I guarantee you the same thing will happen in the uh, mortgage space. So as a consumer, I'm also, not only am I a broker who this is going to affect my business, the second part is as a person who borrows money, I also don't want to see interest rates go up. And so a couple things that you can do. One, Ron suggests reach out to your MLA. And I know that a lot of brokers have already been doing that. And I totally think that's a, that's something that we need to do. I know there's been conversations happening in Ottawa with some of the people, but the more voices the, that push this, the better that we're going to be. The second thing is that reach out to the auto mortgage brokering group. And I think that one of the things that would be great is if we could figure out a campaign to educate consumers because consumers have no clue. They have no idea that sort of the risk that's going to happen if we tank the monolines and no longer have competition. Um, they don't realize how it's going to cost them. And so I think back to when gas stations, we had independent gas stations and there was competition among price and consumers had, they, you know, they could get a better deal. So if we can educate consumers on what the risks are, then I think we'll get the consumers on our side and then we can get the, the government to actually make a change. So reach out to me, scott at impactmortgages.com if you want to be involved. And I'm excited about this. I think this is something that we need to do as an industry. We need to, we need to put our collective voices together as well as our skills and to make sure that um, the average consumer, even it's going to protect our business, yes. Yeah, so you've got some self-interest. It's your business. Ultimately, it's also going to affect your mom's mortgage and your brother's mortgage and your sister's. So it's more than just industry, protecting our industry. It's protecting the Canadian consumer. And I think that we're in a perfect position to educate consumers so that they understand how this works. So... Shoot me an email, scottatimpactmortgages.com. Um, I'd love to have start a conversation with you and check out this episode with Ron. And yeah, talk soon. This episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta. Now, normally when we have a sponsor for the show, it's because I personally use their product and I can give it a 100% recommendation. In this case, it's a little different. I actually don't do B deals. So I did some background checking on the crew at Pioneer West and I found everyone I talked to said they were fast, down to earth and underwrote deals if they made sense, which is exactly what you're looking for in a B lender. Another cool thing about Pioneer West is they still have money to lend. I've been hearing some lenders are running low on cash, not these guys. So if you're a broker looking for a B deal in BC or Alberta, check out Pioneer West and tell them you heard about them on I Love Mortgage Brokering.
This episode is also sponsored by Fundever. Fundever is a web portal that connects brokers to commercial lenders. I don't know if you're like me, but I only see a small number of commercial deals every year. And truthfully, I don't even know where to start to find them a mortgage. Everyone knows that when it comes to commercial deals, your Rolodex is extremely important. Fundever allows the average broker to have a killer Rolodex for free. Check it out at fundever.com and tell them you heard about it at I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Ron, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott, great to be here. So we've had you on the show in the past, and we, you and I were having a conversation just before we got on air about sort of how these rule changes are going to affect the mortgage industry. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to turn on the recorder because I want to, you know, I want to capture sort of some of the stuff that we've been talking about. So when I'd said to you before, hey, let's get you on, we'll talk about sort of, you know, how you're doing stuff with your business. You are like, hey, the number one thing we all need to be thinking about right now is the mortgage rule changes and how it's going to affect our business. So can you share with me sort of your thoughts on how these rule changes will impact brokers and your business and my business? It's got to affect every broker. It's not just a question of me, although sometimes people think it's guys like the rate discounters, guys like me and Dan and James Laird and a few of the rate discounters in Canada, we're going to be affected. And, and all the people who just depend on great client relationships won't be affected. Well, I'm here to adamantly tell you that that's not the case. Everyone will be affected. Because ultimately, what's going on is the death by a thousand cuts. You know, we're not just talking about the rule changes. Some of the rule changes are fine. 464 for high ratio qualification, great, because it applies to everybody. It applies to the banks as well. But all of the massive changes in the bulk insurance regulation that is effectively frozen monolines out of refinance, forced them out of the business over a million dollars, changed all the way they work. That's one thing, but that's not the only thing. We've had a massive change in underwriting standards over the last 18 months to two years, where it used to be that we could get by with a handful of pieces of paper to get people's underwriting finished. Now we're seeing some files that are two inches thick. And a blood sample. Yeah, and the, and, and the urine sample and everything else. I mean, literally unmanageable. Because at a certain point, no matter how good a relationship you have with a client, the light bulb's got to go up o- out over their head and say, Maybe it's easier at my bank. Maybe it's just easier than this. Maybe it is. Now we've got more things happening. We've got the capital costs, capital retention of the insurers, CMHC, Canada Guarantee, January, has been changed. So now they have to stratify their offerings and their pricing to both the monolines and the banks in terms of bulk insurance to the point where an 80% purchase with a monoline now has a 20 basis point disadvantage to what the banks and the bank sales forces are offering. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think we every mortgage broker does, well, maybe not every, I'm, I'm probably going out on a limb there, but there's a lot of great mortgage brokers in this country who do a relentlessly better job than bank branch personnel, than bank sales forces in terms of the way they work with clients from knowledge, speed of action, and great service. But at the end of the day, how much of a story can you tell when there's a 20 basis point rate difference? If monoline lenders are 2.94 for a uh, conventional purchase today, 80% purchase, and the bank is 274, 
at what point does the client just say, yeah, uh, you guys do seem like you give much better service and you're a lot nicer people and you seem to be more convenient to work with, but wow, 20 basis points? No, I'm going to go with the bank. I mean, at what point does that start to erode everyone's business? Not just a rate discounter, not just an online broker, but literally everyone in every community's business. At what point does it start to erode? We've got to start to ask these questions. We've got to start to be honest with ourselves. No matter how great mortgage brokers think of service we give, we have to have some legitimate advantages, some, a real value proposition we bring to the table. If we don't have it because the government has taken it away from us, then we've got to start asking a lot more questions and, and ask for a lot better action. Okay, I guess in two things, two questions. One, how did this happen? If this is such a significant, you know, a, a disadvantage to the broker community, and then two, what kind of things can we do as brokers to, you know, reverse it or turn the tide? Well, that's a hell of a question. I mean, we've heard from our government that they want to tighten up mortgage regulations, both to guarantee the security of the mortgage lending industry, and let's face it, to kind of take runaway debt growth and runaway price increases in hot mark property markets to try to tamp it down a bit. So we've got those things that our government is telling us. But the real question has to be, is that true? I mean, who dreamt that up? Who was the people who decided that the focus of that should be mortgage brokers and the companies that supply mortgage brokers, the mortgage finance companies, the monolines? Like, why are they the focus of all this? Because believe me, the people inside the government knew when they changed everything about bulk insurance, they knew that the direct effect would be only this group of companies, only this mortgage finance companies who had been providing competitive rates with the big six banks for the last multiple decades in Canada. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. The prior president of CMHC, prior to this new chap, Evan Siddle, was a woman from Saskatoon who was from the, she was there for eight years, and she was uh, a person who was at Cooperative Trust for many years in a senior position. She was the president of CMHC. And first of all, we have to congratulate her for helping getting Canada as a country through the 2008 financial crisis by developing things like the Canadian mortgage bond and providing a lot of liquidity to make sure that our banks and our insurance our lending companies didn't run into any trouble. Okay, so thank you, Karen, for that. Mm -hmm. And also, thank you for having the attitude, which she repeated over and over and over, that we must provide Canadians with an alternative to the big six banks. And the only way we can do that is through bulk-insured mortgages, FirstNet, MCAP, StreetCap, Mirax, you name it, all of those companies, providing that level of competition to the big six banks to make sure that Canadians get a fair shake on interest rates. She talked about it all the time, but that's the reason she was there. Mm -hmm. So what happened to that? How did that go out the window just by changing personalities in that organization? Why all of a sudden have we got the president of CMHC, Evan Siddle, talking about, well... We got to really cut things back because there might be a great depression around the corner, which is exactly what he said in the speech in London three weeks ago. So how have we had this enormous change? What's the reasons behind it? 
I don't think we have all those answers. But what we need to know is how are we going to fix it? Because turning all of the mortgage rates in Canada over to the big six banks, well, Scott, I think you know as well as I do, when the price of gas goes up, for some reason, even if there's four separate gas stations on four separate corners of the same street, when you get up in the morning, they all have exactly the same price. There's all exactly the same price every time. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that these big six banks don't compete with one another. Of course they do. I mean, they, they want to take market share against, away from each other. That's their business. But why is it that monolines, mortgage finance companies, for the last decade have consistently been the price leaders in all kinds of rate categories, and that it eventually it has pulled the banks after them to give Canadian families good, good deals on mortgage rates. Mm-hmm. You know what one of the craziest things about this is? If the government of Canada wants to slow down the property price increases in Vancouver and southwestern Ontario, why wouldn't you make up policies that apply to everyone? If you're going to change things, change it for everybody. Change it for the banks. Change it for the whole world of lending. Because then you can have a real impact. Why focus on these few companies that are the competitors of the big six banks? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't believe there's any kind of conspiracy. I'm not a grassy knoll kind of guy. I don't believe in conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. But here's what I do think. Why would you artificially raise interest rates. Because if you have a problem in Vancouver and Toronto, why would you artificially raise interest rates and affect a widow in Halifax who wants to renew her mortgage? Why would you want to affect a couple in Saskatoon who just wants to be a first-time buyer on a house that's probably under 150000 Like, how in the world is that important in the scheme of price increases in Canada to have those people pay higher interest rates? Mm-hmm. If somebody right in, in the Okanagan Valley wants to finish their basement, why the, because they got more kids on the way, why in the world should they pay higher interest rates because the prices are going up too fast in Vancouver and Toronto? What is the sense of it? How can you make a case for it if you're a government? Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do it. I have no idea. Obviously, we're, we are what we are. So then what do you think we need to do as an industry or brokers going forward? The only thing that's going to work is political action. So I'll, 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 every, every mortgage broker in Canada should know about this. If you walk into the branch of any of the big six banks in Canada and ask them about property and casualty insurance. That's insurance on your house and your car. They'll tell you, no, even though we sell it, God knows TD is a huge vendor in that area. The bank will tell you, the bank personnel will tell you, oh, no, no, we can't even talk about it in the branch. We can only refer you to the website or here's a brochure. We can't possibly talk to you about property and casualty insurance, home and auto insurance. We can't speak about it in the branch. Those, those we shall not speak of. Yeah, we're, we're, you, you can, we can't talk about it. If you're a brand, person standing at the teller window in a branch or talking to your loans officer and say, how about property cash insurance? Oh, you can only go to the website. I can't talk to you about it. That is because there is a group of people in Canada called property and casualty brokers. And 30 years ago, they recognized that the big banks are going to want to get into their business. So they just invested every moment of their time and every, every particle of their minds and their efforts into the concept that we have to stop that from happening because that'll be the end of us if the big banks control it. Because they took over the stock market. It used to be a bunch of independent stockbrokers in Canada. They're gone. 
you might not remember, Scott, but mortgages for residences only used to be sold through trust companies. That was actually the law 27 years ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, you couldn't even get a residential mortgage from a bank. You had to go to Canada Trust or Montreal Trust or National Trust. Residential mortgages were just the domain of the trust companies. Then the government changed the law, said, yeah, the banks can sell them too. Within three years, there wasn't a trust company left in Canada. They were wiped out. Banks bought them all, took them all over. They used to be independent. The banks could not sell trade in stocks. They could not trade in stocks on behalf of individuals at one time. I'm going back again about 30 years ago. You had to go to a stockbroker if you wanted to trade in stocks because the government believed it was good to make sure stockbrokers and banks were independent of each other. Well, one day the government changed their minds and about 18 months later, every big stock brokerage company in Canada had been purchased by banks. And that business now is almost 87% operated by banks. If you want to trade stocks, go through mutual funds. Sure, there's some independent mutual fund salespeople left, but the banks gain share every single year. So what I'm telling you is these property and casualty guys, when they saw the banks might get into their business, they said, whoa, what are we going to do? Well, here's what they decided to do. They decided to know about every single, every single political riding across this country, every single federal government riding, every candidate, liberal, conservative, NDP, you name it, whoever, they wanted to know all about it. They wanted to know the candidates. They wanted to know the campaign managers. They wanted to know the people who collected money on behalf of the candidates. In other words, they wanted to be so involved in those federal elections that literally everyone who got to Parliament knows that he's got a property and casualty broker back home, wherever it is, Edmonton, Halifax, Toronto. He's got a property and casualty guy he knows who's constantly telling him, hey, don't give the banks our business. We do a good job at it. Don't let the banks take it over because then there's nothing left for anybody. And guess what? To this day in Canada, you can't get property and casualty insurance at a bank branch, even though CIBC got into it and found out, well, if we can't sell it at a branch, might as well get out of it, which they did. RBC has decided, hey, we don't want to be involved in this anymore. If we can't sell it in the branch, it's not worth our time. Maybe TD will decide the same thing. The point of my argument is that by political action, by going to write directly and 30 years ago and making it the most important thing their association could possibly do, that those property and casualty brokers beat the banks. Mm -hmm. They beat the richest companies. And I'm not talking about Allstate beating the banks or, or any of those massive corporate companies. I'm talking about individual property and casualty brokers from coast to coast working through their association. They beat the banks. There's no other way to describe it. It's factual. It's like gravity. It actually happened. It's not just an accident that you can't buy property and casualty insurance, home and auto insurance in a branch. It's not mm-hmm. an accident. Somebody made it happen. So we have to ask ourselves as a group of people, whether it's the individual mortgage broker, whether it's the guy who runs the super brokerage, whether it's the bosses of the networks, whether it's the individual monoline lenders, the mortgage finance company bosses, their executives, our association, everybody, Obviously, talking to the Department of Finance or thinking you had a relationship with the people who are the policymakers of the Department of Finance emphatically did not work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just like, again, like the sun coming up in the morning. We obviously did not have any influence because every rule change, with the exception of one and the effect of increasing 
the capital requirements on mortgage insurers, all of these things have enormously affected mortgage brokers and the lenders they use more so than the banks. Like we're talking a 10 to 1 ratio based on these rule changes. So if that's the case, if that's the case, we have to ask ourselves, they didn't know it was happening. They weren't informed. They didn't have the relationship. That's all of our association people. And now what we've got to say is it's, we can't sit on the sidelines anymore. We can't just keep asking the same people in the Department of Finance who we have some lines of communication with to say, hey, what do you think? Should we change the rules back? What are your thoughts? They made up their minds. That ship sailed. So what we have to do now is political action. We have to do the same thing the property and casualty guys did. We have to get into the writings. We have to know who the candidates are. We have to know who the opposition candidates will be. We have to find out who the campaign manager is going to be. We got to do it big and we got to get money behind it. And we've got to hire not just the best political consultant in Ottawa. We got to hire the best PR firm in Canada. We got to think about putting national ads together for television, radio, digital, you name it, which talk about the fact that the Canadian consumer is being harmed by artificially high rates and the government needs to change its mind. In other words, the idea that we're just going to whisper in some policymakers' ear, some bureaucrats' ear, and they're going to change their mind, that thought will not work. Mm -hmm. So when you hear people in the association, directors to the association say, well, don't worry, nothing to look at here, everything's going to be fine, just have a good attitude, and have good sales techniques and have great enthusiasm and everything's going to be fine. Mortgage brokers of Canada don't listen to that. That's a bunch of wheatgrass drinking, yoga posing, low carb eating, going to run a half marathon next week. BS. Okay. It ain't going to solve your problems. You're going to have a worse and worse marketplace to work in with more and more underwriting problems, underwriting regulations, Endless problems, unless we understand that we've got to influence the political structure of the government, the actual people who really get to decide, which is the elected officials. We've got to get them to decide, hey, the Canadian consumer deserves competition on mortgage rates. We've got to change our minds about hammering the companies that are the competitors of the big six banks. What kind of things are you doing in your business to sort of to manage these, you know, competitive disadvantages? So how are you, I guess, still operating your, your brokerage? Is it causing you guys any problems yet? The crazy part is, Scott, like I am one of the guys who has less problems because we, our company is Butler Mortgage. We have deep, multiple decade relationships with the Canadian banks who are still in the broker channel. We can get deals done. We have enormous um, relationships with those companies. And they're doing a great job for us, by the way. When I talk about the big six banks, I'm not talking about the people who are supporting the mortgage brokerage channel and those people in those departments of those banks. What I'm talking about is a philosophy of the government that we feel that banks are more trustable, we feel that banks are more solid, and we, would, we feel more comfortable with them. The bottom line is, I don't believe that that's a good thing for the Canadian consumer. Our bank partners in the broker channel have been great, but we still have to admit, apropos of the discussion of the gas stations on the corner, 
the day that it became really almost impossible for monoline lenders to write rental property purchases, for some reason, within two weeks, both of those bank alternatives in our channel added a 25 basis point surcharge to rental purchases. So eh, I'm not saying that the gas price went up at the same night, but it more or less did. Look, these banks in our channel are our partners, and you know we can use them for refinance, we can use them for rental purchase, we can use them for all of the great benefits that they offer us. But at the end of the day, if we don't have great, successful, monoline mortgage finance partners, are we not just going to be relegated to doing B business? And I don't know about you, but I don't think too many mortgage brokers in this country want to think about the future as just being involved in B business. I mean, you hear a lot of people talking about B business, and, and that's great, and we should service that part of the industry. But at the end of the day, people who don't qualify for bank mortgages only represent 17% of the whole mortgage users in this country. So we're giving away 83% of our market. So what, what would you say to the people that are running the association? I've said to them that the only thing they should think about day in and day out, hour in and hour out, is just this. That whatever other projects they have on, on the front burner, shut them down. The only thing that we have to think about today is reversing, probably just at least start with the most critical rule change. We have to eliminate, we have to reverse the decision that mortgage finance companies cannot get bulk insurance on refinances. Mm -hmm. That is the one overarching problem in our business. You can't take something that represents 25% of all the transactions away one day for no good reason. Because the accusation sometimes is that mortgage brokers and non-bank underwriters do a lousy job of underwriting. Well, I'm here to tell you, for somebody who's been doing this for over 20 years, that there has never been a better level of underwriting in the mortgage business in their state. Tougher, harder, more diligent, more perfect. Every single job letter phoned, every single time. Nothing could be tougher today than the underwriting at the monoline companies in Canada today. Couldn't be any tougher. If it was any tougher, there wouldn't be any business done. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. So the quality of the underwriting is untouchable. It's the best. As a matter of fact, when, there was, when, the, when the banks do internal surveys, the banks in our channels did their internal surveys, they found out the highest quality of business was coming from mortgage brokers because it was the most thoroughly underwritten business. Now, that tells you something. It's a better, quality, it's a better underwritten product than they were getting out of their own sales forces or out of their branches mm -hmm. because it was that tough. So what does that tell you? It's great product. So let's let our monolines do what they should do. Let's get that refinance back into the hands of monolines. Let's get that bulk insurance on, on monoline business back on mortgages, insured mortgages. Let's get that bulk insurance back and let's give us back 20% of our business again so we can compete. And so have you had conversations with any of the sort of the leaders of the monolines and saying, hey, what are you, how are you guys going to, because obviously they would have a, a huge concern with this whole change, right? They do, and they are, and they are communicating with the Department of Finance. But I think everybody's coming to the conclusion right now that that ship has sailed to the Department of Finance. We need to find other ways to get the Canadian public to think about the fact that they need great rate competition in the mortgage business. And whether that's through advertising, whether that's through other types of political action, whatever it is, it has to be, it, it should come through our association. Because here's the thing. If you're the monolites, if you're the mortgage finance companies, 
when you talk to the Department of Finance, when you talk to the insurers in, and the rules to do with the insurers, you're basically talking to the people who are in control of your destiny. So you're always going to be a little calm about it, right? You're going to be a little restrained, even mm-hmm. though you want to make your points emphatically. At the end of the day, if we're mortgage brokers, we're the little guys. We're the guys whose jobs are on the line. So it doesn't matter. We can be as loud and as abrasive and as pointed in our thought process as we possibly can. Because let's face it, if we have too much of a rate differentiation, if our underwriting task is too hard, if we're missing products from our portfolio, how long is it going to be before we're just doing less business every day? As a businessman, not even in the mortgage brokerage business, if I was a bank and I was, say, the Bank of Montreal, and the government came to me and said, listen, I'm going to do these 17 rule changes that apply to you, but none of the other five banks, just mm-hmm. you. I mean, you'd be hearing about it from every loca- every media outlet in Canada would be talking about that. That would be on everybody's lips every day of the week. I mean, there'd be uh, Bank of Montreal employees standing outside the House of Parliament with signs in their hands. Hey, you're harming us, just us. Why us? Mm-hmm. And yet, we don't have any protests outside of the Houses of Parliament saying, why are you coming after our industry? And we've got to, we've got to think hard about this. The people who want to say, don't worry, keep your head down, just do the best job you can, be enthusiastic, make a few more calls, call a few more clients, investigate a few more opportunities to do better, just work your sales system and everything will be fine. I say to those people, BS, when somebody comes after you, when, 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 you're being, when you're under attack, don't just pretend working a little harder is going to make it all go away. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. You have to react to the people who are attacking you. That's the only thing that makes sense. So have you considered get, getting involved in the associations at all? I talk to the people in the association on a pretty regular basis. Whether they listen to me is another story. Because here's the key. Not everybody in that association has got the same agenda as the everyday mortgage broker. For instance, if you're the guy who runs a mortgage network, for instance, if the mortgage business goes down 20%, then maybe you're going to get a little less bonus next year, but you're not going to be out of work. But if you're a mortgage broker who's making $70,000 and you go down to $45,000, your wife is going to tell you to go find something else to do. I mean, that's reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not going to affect the guy who's, it's not going to affect the top 5% of mortgage brokers who are making 700 grand a year. They're going to be okay making 500 grand. It's not going to be the end of the world for them. But the people, the constituents who have to worry about this the most are not necessarily represented on the board of MPC or even the other mortgage brokers association that operates in Ontario and British Columbia. I mean, if, if the lenders are there, they have a different set of worries. They have a set of worries for sure, but they're also worried about disturbing the people who are their regulators. So you have to consider that it's got to come from the grassroots. It's mm-hmm. got to be pushed up to the association. Hey, board of the associations, we hear what you're saying. We look at what you're doing, but so far it's not working. These changes have been in effect for two and a half months now. The uh, increase in the bulk insurance costs just happened on the 1st of January. 
but we haven't seen you put out a new app that we can talk to our MPs about that issue. We're still working on the old issue of the rule changes to do with bulk insurance and 464 qualification. So why isn't it that every single day there's a war room at the association that's designed to put out more material, involve more of us at the grassroots level, and make things happen? Now, as far as why I'm not personally involved in that, well, I got a business to run, and the other thing is I can't get elected because there isn't a whole hell of a lot of people are in love with mortgage discounters in this country. That's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any opportunity to have that board seat. But what I will tell you is, is that we must take action. We can't just hope for the best, and sometime in July we're all looking at each other and saying, hey, well, you know what, business is down 25%. That doesn't make sense. These things have happened now. They're real. You can see them every single day. I talked to a mortgage broker last week who said, you know what? I've looked at 11 deals in the last uh, six days, and I think three of them qualified to go to a monoline or even qualified, period, because of all the issues we've got in front of us and on our table today. Mm -hmm. Because let's face facts. If you're a longtime customer of one of the big six banks, and you come in to get a conventional mortgage, and your ratios are a little bit stretched past 38 and 44, they're going to find a way to make that mortgage happen for you if you're a great customer of that bank. It's going to happen. They have the ability to do it. We do not have the ability to do it. We're at a natural disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So we've got, to, we've got to catch some breaks here. We've got to make our own breaks. We've got to find a way to convince the government that at least on a couple of key items, at least refinance, that they've got to reverse their, their position. We just have to. It's as simple right. as that. Well, hey, Ron, I really appreciate your time, man. And uh, you obviously are passionate about this. And I think that it's given, you know, it'll give our listeners a chance to sort of think about how they could get involved on a grassroots level. And yeah, I definitely, I would support any way that I could to help being, you know, in the mortgage business for, uh, for the last 11 years. So. Thanks. Listen, stand up, speak out, make yourself known. If, you, if the people at the top of your brokerage aren't listening, if the people in your association aren't listening, talk to your clients, talk to each other, make it a point. We can't be the only people who suffer, and we're not. The Canadian consumer suffers. When rate competition goes out of this business, the Canadian consumer suffers. And here's one last thing to remember. The thing they talk about the most, the thing that the bureaucrats and the officials in Ottawa talk about the most is, is that why should mortgage rates depend on the sovereign guarantee of Canada to have great bulk insurance uh, rate, to have great bulk insurance rates, to have great bulk insurance uh, capacity? Why should the taxpayer go on the risk for that? Well, guess what? Here's the most important thing to know. The only thing the taxpayer has received in the last 50 years from the bulk insurance guarantees of the Canadian government is profit. There has never been a loss at CMHC. There has never been a time when CMHC has gone to the Canadian taxpayer and said, hey, we gotta make up on some losses here, you gotta fork over some money. The only thing that's happened for 50 years is that money has poured out of CMHC into the coffers of the Canadian government. And that's Mm -hmm. a fact. That's an indisputable fact. So when people start to tell you that they've, when in the government start to say, well, we got to worry about the future, buddy, the past is a much better indication of the future. If you want to fix the mortgage, if you want to fix the mortgage business, change the rules for everybody, change the rules for the banks, 
changed, she dropped the whole amortization down to 25 years. Do whatever you need to do, but don't harm the people and the companies that are giving great rate competition to Canada. Don't do that. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.